Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Journey of Faith this morning. You did it. You made it to church the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and we're so happy that you're here with us today. A special hello to everybody joining us online, and of course, special hello to everyone over at our Torrance campus who is joining us live right now. Uh, my name is Krista Reyna, and I'm a pastor here at Journey of Faith. I oversee our life group ministries as well as care ministries. Um, I also head up events like our volunteer Summit, which we've already set the date for, is coming in uh, April 27th of 2024. Now, before we get there, though, we do want to take some time to slow down uh, and celebrate Christmas. So starting next Sunday, we're going to begin a series called Kingdom Come. When Mary was uh, pregnant with Jesus, an angel came to Mary, and he told her that the kingdom of Jesus would never end. And so starting next week, leading up to Christmas, we're going to talk about what that means means when the angel said Jesus's kingdom would never end. And before we get there, though, we are spending two weeks um, to talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So last week, Pastor Alex introduced this series, and he shared with us what, who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit helps us relate to God. Um, he shared with us that there is this image that the Holy Spirit is like a spotlight that shines on Jesus so that we can understand who Jesus is more in our lives and we can grow to be like him in our character. Today, we're gonna talk about an aspect of the Holy Spirit that Jesus described to us in the Bible. And it's right here, it's this word, comforter. Now, I've added a couple of verses where you can go and read on your own uh, what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. In some English translations, you'll see that the word has been translated to advocate. But advocate and comforter, they mean the same thing. It's when somebody comes alongside you as a helper in life. We all need that because we all have experiences where we feel sad or frustrated or, or confused or anxious. And I want to share with you today that when you understand the power of the Holy Spirit that is living inside you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can receive comfort from that Holy Spirit. Now to get us thinking about this idea of comfort and a comforter today, I'm going to share a story with you guys that is very near and dear to my heart. It is a story about my beloved uh, baby blanket who I curiously named Itchy. Now, Itchy uh, was a part of my life because when my mom was pregnant with me, uh, somebody gave Itchy to her. He wasn't named that at the time, of course, but Itchy was given to her as a blanket to cover me with. And so she covered me, she swaddled me with, me with it, and I just became super attached to him. I loved him so much, you guys, that I, I gave him pronouns, like he, him, that was Itchy. I gave him a name, um, and he was there for me throughout all seasons of life. So I have found a picture online of what he looked like in his glory days. Like, it was so nice. The, the greatest thing about him was that he had, like, this silk edge around him. And when I was feeling sad as a young girl, uh, angry, frustrated, whatever it might have been, I would find comfort in rubbing the satin between my thumb and my index finger. 
Now, um, over the years, uh, Itchy became really, really ragged. My mom tried to take good care of him, but to no avail. He just continued to fall apart. Um, he was with me, actually, I remember uh, as a child, I have a core memory of when one time he was with me when I lied to my mom about stealing candy from a cupboard, and I couldn't watch Tom and Jerry that day, and Tom and Jerry was my favorite cartoon as a child, and I remember Itchy comforted me during that time. He was there for me when a boy broke my heart in high school. He was there for me when I was away from home for long periods of time, and I'd feel homesick. Um, In fact, Itchy was with me during every season of life, like childhood, high school, college. Um, He moved with me and lived in France for a year. Uh, He moved to New York City with me when I took my very first real job. And then he moved with me to Los Angeles when I took a job out here. Now, I know I'm not the only one in this room right now. Like some of you are sitting there and the nostalgia is hitting hard because you had an itchy. You had some kind of stinky bear that you like to carry around with you when you're a little kid. So this is a safe space. We can talk about our itchy and our stinky bear um, today. Now, as I said, the reason, uh, or as I said, he moved to LA with me. And um, at that time, um, this is something really sad happened. This is where the, the story takes a sad turn. I was staying in a hotel out by LAX so that I could commute into downtown, and I was looking for an apartment here in the South Bay, and Itchy did not look good. He was just like a balled up mess, like a rag. And he had this long string, this long uh, like silky part just hanging off from the end of him. He did not look like that beautiful picture I just showed you a couple moments ago. And one day while I was at work, the housekeepers came in to my hotel room to change the sheets. And Itchy was wrapped up in the sheets and he was scooped up. And I just imagine he was taken out to some cold, dark, industrial washing machine out there in the world. And I never saw him again. Like, I am making light of this story today, but I was broken. In that moment, I was so sad. Itchy was my comforter. I loved him. Now, he's gone. He's gone forever, but over the years, um, as small pieces would fall off from him, I saved them, and I'm going to show him to you today. He's here in this little box. I have to keep him for safekeeping. Um, You ready? (laughs) Here he is. This is all that's left. This is like three tiny pieces. I know, right? Yeah. I don't receive comfort from him anymore. If I shed one tiny tear on him, I'm sure he would disintegrate. In fact, in the last service, I realized that probably the oil on my hands is causing him to disintegrate right before our eyes. So, um, but the reason I want to tell you about Itchy is because all of the comfort and security and safety that I felt through him throughout my whole life, up until my my early 20s, um, is nothing compared to the kind of comfort that we have when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to put him away now. Um, He is available after service. If any of you would like to come, look at him. And I'd also love to hear your baby blanket stories. I think that would be a fun way to connect with you guys. Um, Here's our main idea for today. Through the Holy Spirit, we can know and experience divine comfort. Now, I chose to add this word divine to the main idea for today because the kind of comfort that we receive from the Holy Spirit is, is unlike anything this world has to offer. Now, we have earthly comforts, and I believe those are things that God gives us to, gives to us like a blessing, like my baby blanket. 
But there are also times in our life where we seek comfort from areas that are unhealthy. Where do you find comfort when you're feeling sad or angry or anxious or emotional? Perhaps it is in some good things, uh, like hanging out with friends or singing, or maybe you like to cook or do gardening. Those are good forms of self-care, and you should continue to do those things. But are there times in your life when you seek comfort from unhealthy things of this world? Maybe it's just like doom scrolling on your phone at night instead of putting your phone down and getting a good night of sleep. Maybe you feed your emotions with food or online shopping. Whatever it is in your life that you are putting your focus on, the Holy Spirit can transform you in those moments because our lives would be profoundly changed if we understood the power and the comfort that is available to us through the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna share more with you about that today. So today we're gonna look at two stories uh, about the life of a man named Paul. And you'll hear us talk about Paul quite a bit here at Journey of Faith because Paul um, was one of the authors of a great portion of the New Testament book of the Bible. And Paul was considered to be one of the greatest Christian leaders that the church has ever known really. But Paul, he wasn't always so great. You see, at one point in his life, um, he was persecuting followers of Jesus. He was actually going out, he was looking for them, and he was throwing them in prison. In fact, at one point, Paul witnessed the stoning and the death of a, a man named Stephen, who was just full of the love of the Lord, and he was sharing with people the good news about Jesus. So Paul, he's a wretched human being at this point, and we're going to look at a story today about how he had this miraculous encounter with Jesus and his life changed forever. You can find this story in the book of Acts. It's also called Acts of the Apostles. And it's important to note that Paul was once named Saul. So Saul was his Jewish name, um, and when he became a follower of Jesus, he began to refer to himself as Paul. We think that he probably did this for missional purposes. Paul was a Roman name, and it allowed him to um, relate more easily with non-Jews. So Saul and Paul are the same guy. Um, When we get to this first part in the story, um, Paul is just out. He's full of anger. He's full of rage. He's trying to find Christians that he wants to throw in prison. And this is what it says. Saul was uttering threats with every breath, and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. He wanted to bring them back, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So here he is. He's ruthlessly searching for followers of Jesus. And then a miracle happens. As Saul was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. Now imagine this light was probably like like from one of those alien abduction films. Like the sky was just full of light and it was shining right on Saul. Except it would have been like heavenly and beautiful and terrifying all at the same time. It says, Saul fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
Saul, in that moment, met Jesus on the road. He experienced uh, a miraculous event. And he was blind when he got up. It says Saul picked himself up off the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he was blind. And so his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. And he remained there blind for three days. And he did not eat or drink. So while Paul is in this house in Damascus, completely confused, he can't see, um, he's probably hungry and thirsty, we're introduced to another man named Ananias. Now, Ananias was a follower of Jesus. He was full of the love of the Lord. And Jesus came to Ananias in a vision. And Jesus said to him, Ananias, I want you to go find Saul. He's in a house in Damascus. And uh, when you get there, I want you to tell him that I, Jesus, sent you, and I'm going to give you, Ananias, the power to restore his sight just by laying your hands on him. And when Ananias heard this vision from God, he was like, no, thank you. I know Saul. He's a ruthless man. He's trying to imprison people just like me for following you, Lord. But you know what? Jesus had a message for Saul And he wanted Ananias to to deliver it. And here's what he said to Ananias to bring him peace. He said, Saul is praying to me right now. Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles, that's all of us, um, and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Jesus had chosen Saul to do great things for the kingdom of God. He was to take his message to the entire world. Ananias was terrified. But in that moment, Jesus filled him with a sense of faith and comfort. And he went and he found Saul blind in this room. And Ananias said to him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to you so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight And then he got up and was baptized. And afterwards, he ate some food and regained his strength. In this moment, when Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit, his life changed completely. His life was never the same. Just a couple of days after he recovered from this incredible event they experienced, it says that he went out immediately and he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues and saying, he is indeed the son of God. You see, Saul, he had plans. They were plans to go find, capture, and imprison followers of Jesus. But he met Jesus one day and Jesus transformed his life. Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit and he completely changed his ways. He went from being full of like anger and rage to being full of love and a desire to let people know who Jesus was in their lives. There is divine comfort in turning away from the things of this world that don't serve us or serve others. And there's comfort in turning towards God and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and doing the things that God has called us to do. Here is uh, an act- here's one of our points for today. I want you to be open to the Holy Spirit's 
directions more than your own plans. Sometimes in this life, uh, we don't always feel open to God's plans. Like we have our own plans. In fact, when I started working here at Journey of Faith about nine and a half years ago, I had a really different job. I worked part-time and I loved it. I thought, God, you brought me here for this season of my life and I was so grateful. And over nine and a half years, my role changed quite a bit. Uh, It evolved and I'm here today. And during those nine and a half years, there were times when I was like, ah, I love this job, it's so good. And other times I woke up in the morning and I was like, Lord, help me love this job more because I'm struggling. Holy Spirit, show me your plans because the plans that I have for myself, the desires that I have, I don't see them. They're not happening right now and I am uncomfortable, I'm sad, I'm confused, all these things. And God didn't always answer me with a solution right away. But in every single one of those roles, I found comfort when I sought the Holy Spirit's guidance and comfort in my life. We can flourish and we can find comfort through the Holy Spirit in any circumstance. And that doesn't mean that it will always be easy. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and he still faced tremendous challenges in his life. The difference is that Paul knew that the Holy Spirit was within him and he chose to follow the Holy Spirit's leading in his life. We all have challenges and we all can seek the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's directions apply to every single part of our lives, our families, our workplace, um, our decisions that we make on social media. It even applies when you're out traveling this holiday season trying to find a parking space in the mall. Like God can bring you comfort in those moments. And here's an action step that I want for you, I want you to do this week uh, or in this Christmas season when you're just feeling stressed out. Ask for the comfort you need from the Holy Spirit. No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what you're going through, the power and the comfort of the Holy Spirit is available to you when you allow him into your life. Maybe you are going through some tough time at work or school, wherever it is, and the desires of your heart, the things that you want, the plans that you have, you just don't see them coming to fruition. The Holy Spirit is there for you. Ask him and say, Bring me comfort. Show me comfort in this situation. I prayed this a few minutes ago before I walked out on stage. I was back there and I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, please bring me comfort. Because you, God, have given me a word to teach today. People need to hear about your comfort. And so make me bold as I step out on stage. You can ask the Holy Spirit for the comfort that you need. Now let's go back and we're going to look at another story uh, about Saul, who is now referred to as Paul. Um, At this point in his life, like I said, he was filled with the Holy Spirit um, and he had this profound passion to go out and teach people about Jesus. And now the irony of it all is that just as Paul had been persecuting Christians, Paul himself became persecuted. He was, but he was unafraid. Like he went out and he was telling people the good news about Jesus and it got him in trouble often and it landed him in prison a few different times. Um, He was so focused on teaching people about Jesus that it was causing religious leaders to become irritated with him because they're like, no, Jesus isn't the Messiah. And, And Paul was like, yes, he is the Messiah. He's the chosen one. 
And the government authorities in these cities that were governed by Rome, they'd had enough of him. People were complaining to the authorities about Paul and what he was doing. And this landed Paul in prison on a few occasions. And so today I'm going to share with you one of those stories about a special moment that happened during one of Paul's prison stays. You can find the story here um, in that same book of Acts 16 through 40. Now, in this story, um, Paul had been traveling with a friend of his named, um, named Silas. And Paul and Silas, they were out, they're going around telling people the good news about Jesus. And in this particular story, I can't, I don't have time to share it all with you today. Please go read it on your own because it involves a young slave girl. Um, it involves demon possession. It involves fortune telling. Um, so there was a lot of chaos in this story, and it was attributed to Paul and Silas. And because of this chaos that seemed like was happening around this young girl who was uh, demon-possessed at the time, um, Paul and Silas, they ended up in prison. Here's what it says happened to them. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, And then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Like, can you imagine? Like, they were were beaten and stripped and in so much pain and thrown into a dungeon and clamped so they couldn't go anywhere. I don't know about you, but in that moment, I probably would have been kind of mad at God. I'm like, God, I'm out there. I'm teaching about you. I'm trying to bring people closer to your son, Jesus. And I'm in prison. Like, why am I here in this moment? This was a horrible, painful, humiliating experience for them. But here is what was so inspiring about their time in prison. Paul and Silas were praying and singing. In fact, here it says... Around midnight, while they were in prison, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Like in a time of just pure discomfort and probably fear, they were praying and singing. And when I read this, I was like, what hymn? What hymn were they singing? Like, I'm not in prison, but I have some challenges in my life, and I want to sing the hymn that they were singing. There must be benefit in that, right? Um, And so I did a little bit of research. Um, It turns out that we can narrow down the hymn that they were probably singing, which I love. Um, That's probably why the author doesn't tell us specifically. But there are seven hymns in the book of Psalms, which you can go read on your own. I'll share them with you in a moment. Um, But there's about seven hymns. And the Jewish people would sing these hymns as a celebration to God. Paul and Silas, they were in prison and they were singing a hymn out of celebration to God. They were unsure of what was going to happen to them, but this song, this hymn, it brought them comfort. And it says that the other prisoners were listening, so certainly they received comfort from it as well. And just as a side note, I want to share with you, this is why we sing in church. This is why we sing and worship God in the mornings, because not only does God want us to sing to him personally for our own personal comfort and our own spiritual growth and connection to him, but God wants us to sing together for the comfort of the congregation. 
Sometimes on Sunday mornings when you guys are singing, I just like to close my eyes and listen to the collective sound of your voices. It is beautiful. It brings me comfort. Because it says in the Bible that when we get to heaven one day, we will sing for all eternity. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. And when we sing together here at Manhattan Beach, um, at Torrance, at one of our worship nights, that is a small, tiny picture of what it's going to look like in heaven one day when we sing together. So let's go back just briefly. I want to share just where you can find those psalms, those hymns of celebration in the Bible. Um, There's Psalm 113 through 18 and then Psalm 136. Please go read those on your own. I'm going to share just a few verses with you this morning from Psalm 116. This is maybe what Paul and Silas could have been singing. It says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen to me and I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me and the terrors of the grave overtook me and I saw only trouble and sorrow. And then I called on the name of the Lord and I said, please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. Paul and Silas were experiencing a kind of comfort that makes no earthly, logical sense because it was the Holy Spirit comforting them in their affliction. They put their focus on God and not their own circumstances. And these actions, the actions that they did in prison, they are an example to us how we can be open to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives in every single circumstance. When we experience situations where we feel powerless, like they did in prison, we can ask the Holy Spirit for comfort. Now, I think there is probably like a continuum of powerlessness in our, in our life, right? Like there's big things over here and then there's small things. And I was trying to think of an example of like what a small thing of, of powerlessness might be in your life over the next few weeks. And it made me think of Candy Cane Lane. Like if you're a part of the South Bay and you ever go to Candy Cane Lane to visit and, and see the Christmas lights um, that are set out there, the, the traffic is moving so slowly through Candy Cane Lane and you're like, where is the joy in looking at all of these Christmas lights? Like, I don't feel joy or peace or patience in this moment. In fact, I feel pretty irritated because we're going so slowly. When that happens to you, wherever you are, if you go look at Christmas lights in some other neighborhood and the traffic is bad, I want you to remember this moment and take a pause. Don't leave your car behind. Uh, And I want you to say, oh, Holy Spirit, bring me comfort in this moment. Bring me joy. Because there should be joy in looking at millions of Christmas lights with thousands of people crammed into a tiny square mile of of land here in the South Bay. Go enjoy it. One of my friends who loves Christmas and she told me between services, I've already gone to Candy Cane Lane. She's probably going to go again. Anyway, um, and then there are also, there's other sides of that continuum of powerlessness, right? There are things in our life that are painful, Times when you maybe have like a coworker or a professor that just feels like they're constantly pushing your buttons and you don't know what to do. Maybe you feel powerless um, because your body just doesn't function the way it used to. Or you have memories from a deep sadness in your life. Perhaps your like proverbial stocks of life, your prison experience, it comes through a sudden loss. 
Or maybe you feel powerless to your own addictions and your own bad habits in this life. Whatever that thing is, remember that you can find comfort in the divine power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can and will bring you comfort when you invite him into the process. Here's an action step that I have for you this week. In a moment of powerlessness, read Psalm 116 and receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. You can pull it up on your phone. In that moment, find this psalm, read the words, and just pray the sentiment of it. It can be as simple as, oh, Lord God, you are, you are great. I am frustrated, I am anxious, I am powerlessness, powerless in this moment. But Lord, I ask you to fill me with the comfort of your Holy Spirit. You know, Paul and Silas, um, they finally got out of prison, and we read in the story this really cool thing, and that's that the, the prison guard came to follow Jesus. And then the prison guard went and he told his family, and his family followed Jesus. And because Paul and Silas chose to pray in prison and sing, it transformed the lives of the prison guard and his family. And when we have that, that thing about us, that people sense about us that is, is different. And they come to you and you're like, hey, what's different about you? You seem calm, you seem peaceful in the midst of all of this. And you can say, it's because of my relationship with Jesus. There is divine comfort in following the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. So here's what we talked about today. Um, our main idea, through the Holy Spirit, we can know and experience divine comfort. Be open to the Holy Spirit's directions more than your own plans. Be open to the Holy Spirit's comfort in every circumstance that you encounter. I'm gonna invite the bands back at Torrance and at Manhattan Beach, and we're gonna close in an upbeat song today, and it's called, Where the Spirit of the Lord Is, There is Freedom. And we chose to add this song today because today's message is meant to give you just encouragement and empower you to understand and realize what it means to have the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you sing these words about the power of the Holy Spirit, there is freedom in that. And when you sing the words, sing them like a prayer to God. And remember, when we sing, it's for the uplifting of every single one of us in this room. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to you. And I, I pray that you will seek his comfort in those times of need this week and throughout this Christmas season. So let me pray for us and we'll close. Dear gracious God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you give each one of us when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. Thank you that you give us an opportunity to find comfort in this life that sometimes can seem confusing and hard. God, thank you for your spirit. I pray for everyone listening today that throughout the next few weeks that they would seek you and seek your comfort in those great times of need. Jesus, we love you and we're so grateful for the sacrifice that you made so that we can spend eternity together in heaven. And in your name we pray, amen.